Please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you doing today, my friends? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? What more can you ask for, right? As long as every day you're feeling a little bit better, that's the best you can do. Hey, we got a good one for you today. But before we start, I want to remind you that an apple a day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Now, if you haven't been over to Famous Apple in a while, you should take a minute, go over there and check us out. It's this time of year, all right? We're getting into the fall. We're getting into the Halloween season. And we have an advertiser over there that's given a 15% discount right now on... Halloween costumes and Halloween supplies and decorations. So you might want to go over there and check it out. Also, if you're like a lot of other people, you may not have a prescription plan. Now, we have an advertiser over there that is giving discount prices. Discount prices on generic drugs that you pick up at your local pharmacy. It's an interesting program. It's a legit program. Go over there, check it out. You can't miss it. And, of course, we have all our other advertisers going on. So, you got a minute, go over there, check out www.famousapple.com. You'll be happy you did. And, if you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at jimmy at famousapple.com. That's jimmy at famousapple.com. Email me. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have any kind of questions or concerns about the podcast itself or Famous Apple, you can email them at admin at famousapple.com. Now, before we get started here, I want to address an email that I received from Regina in Shreveport, Louisiana. She wrote concerning her doctor, and every time she goes to the doctor's office, she ha- she's in for at least an hour wait. She goes in, there's always a full house waiting to get in to see the doctor. And she says to me, she goes, is this right? Well, she, she talks to the people around. They're all there for the same appointment time. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like either one, it's a clinic, or it sounds like one of those workers' comp doctors that is just trying to bring in as many clients as he can at one time. What I would suggest is, number one, you have to think about it. Do you like this doctor you're going to? And if you do, when they give you an appointment, a follow-up appointment, ask the nurse or the receptionist how many other people are scheduled at this same time. Because And explain to them, your time is worth money, just the same as the doctor's time. You know, if you go to a doctor and you're 15 minutes late, they can turn around and tell you you're going to have to reschedule. Or they can charge you for that appointment and still tell you you have to reschedule. So your, your time is just as important as the doctor's time. And I've come across that a number of times. 
what I do is I've changed doctors a number of times until I got comfortable with a doctor and the, the office procedures that they have. I don't like going to these workers' comp doctors or these patient mills, kind of like puppy mills, where they're just bringing in as many as they can at one time and making the money they can. I don't go for these patient mill doctors. So if you're comfortable with the doctor and they give you these appointments, find out how many other people are scheduled at the same time as you are. And tell them that you, you want an appointment. You don't want a, a roundabout appointment. You don't want a window appointment where it can be from, say, 12 o'clock in the afternoon to 4 o'clock because you don't have the time to sit there for that long. Or change doctors. And something else I do is I inform the insurance company when I get into a position like that where I've got to go and sit for four hours every time I go. In the beginning, I had a doctor like that in the Bronx that I'd get a 12.30 appointment and I wouldn't be seen until after 3 o'clock. That was every time I went to that doctor and I started reporting it to the insurance company. And they were the ones that suggested that I I change doctors. So that's my advice. You know, we've talked on this podcast a number of times how disability affects us, the disabled people. But today I want to talk about how it also affects our families and the people around us. We don't really think about that sometimes, but they also have a hard time with our disability, believe that or not. And I also want to talk about money. There's always the problem of money. We we receive a check once a month and you have to live on that check. So we're going to discuss that too. All right, let's get started here, okay? All right, there are a number of scenarios of how you may have become disabled, so let's just pick one. We're going to work with an automobile accident, okay? Now, you're driving home from work, and bam, you you get T-boned, and your car's totaled, and you're trapped in the car the whole nine yards. Ambulance comes, the fire department comes, the police comes. You're in great pain. Oh, you've never experienced such pain, but they're there to help you. They're giving you shots to numb the pain. They're getting you out. They're putting in an ambulance. They're bringing you to the hospital. More medication. They're going to work on you there. Meanwhile, at home, your family's there, and they're waiting for you to come home from work. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, they get a phone call. Now, it could be from the hospital. It could be from the police. It could be from the fire department, whoever. And they say, uh, we have to inform you that your spouse was involved in an automobile accident and they're at ABC Hospital in the emergency room. Imagine what that feels like. Unless you've been in that position, you don't know the fear that goes through that person. I've been on both sides, on both sides. And the fear that goes through, the the fear of the unknown, all they're telling you on the phone is that your spouse or your child or your parent has been in a terrible car accident so terrible that they had to be taken to the hospital and they're being worked on at the hospital in the emergency room at this moment a million things go through your head that's just as bad as being in the accident in my opinion mentally you may be physically hurt mentally they're they're blown apart and they get there and they get to you and okay so you move on you're released from the hospital you come home and the doctors tell you, well, things are bad, and you're probably never going to be able to work again. Wow, that's another bombshell. Bombshell for you, which is a blow to your your system, your ego, 
but it's also a blow to your family. Again, think about it. You're scared because you're thinking all the things that can go wrong, and you're running them through your head like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna support my family and? How are we going to do this? And your family at the same time is going, oh, my God, how are we going to get along and take care of mom or dad? And, you know, it's hard on them. What I'm trying to get at is it's just as hard mentally on them as it is on us. And I think I realized that. I think I realized that when I seen the look in my wife's eyes when we were trying to figure out how we're going to get along. I mean, we were in an apartment. And we were going to have to leave that apartment because we couldn't afford the rent there anymore. And things like that, they come upon you. And thankfully, thankfully, I have to say this, we had a landlord that was so understanding and they took us in as part of the family and they actually lowered our rent for us. But that aside, I mean, we were lucky. But the reality of it all is that you're looking how are you going to survive? In a split second, your life has been changed and your family's life has been changed. Yours is more traumatic because physically your life has changed. On top of that, your your well-being, your, your family's well-being is in the balance as well. But your family, now you're, they're worried about your well-being and the well-being of the family. Do you get it? What I'm trying to say is it's just as hard both ways. And we don't always think about that as the disabled person. A lot of times we become selfish. We become more self-aware of ourselves than we do. And we, we don't really take into consideration the other ones around us, if that makes sense. As the disabled person, 99% of the time, we become so absorbed in the pain that we're suffering, the loss that we've suffered, whether it be loss of mobility or body part or eyesight, something like that. We've, we've become self-absorbed in our loss physically that we don't take into account the people around us. And I'm not saying that it's right, but it's understandable to a degree. And the the people around us, they're, they're taking all of this. They're taking the weight of the world that they used to split with us, that we, we used to split with each other, right? I mean, we ran our household. We were partners. Now, all of a sudden, you're self-absorbed with the pain that you're in and the loss that you suffered and the obstacles that are in front of you, and you're leaving the rest, the normal, everyday rest of the things to your spouse. And that's not fair, I mean, you're not doing it intentionally. It's not malicious that you're doing it, but it just happens. And that's a lot to be put upon them. Think about that. And it's hard. It's hard for them. And anyone that says it's not, that's that's a bold-faced lie. There comes a point after you become disabled that you have to settle in and say, well, it's time for me to start picking up some of the slack where I can. Too many times I've seen people... They've become disabled and they think, well, they're going to be a patient for life now. They're not going to get up off the couch. They're not going to get out of bed. They're not going to move around. They're in a wheelchair, but they figure that's it. That's their life now. And that's a defeating thought. That's a defeating attitude that you have about to yourself. Just for yourself, you should want to get out of bed or do something. And you don't want to be a patient for life. And it can only make things better for your family if you pitch in. All right, I've heard people say, now I'm going to say this from a guy's point of view. I have a friend of mine, Joe. I've spoke about him before in the podcast. Very thick-headed person. 
And he believes, still to this day, in 2019, he believes in strict gender roles. And he's home disabled. His wife had to go out and get a job. And he refuses to put dishes in a dishwasher. He refuses to put clothes in 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 the washing machine, or the hamper for that matter. He refuses to use a vacuum in the house because he says that's woman's work. Well, you know what? You you have to lose that attitude. You have to lose that, that thought. I don't understand how someone can even think like that. Your marriage is a partnership. Your household is a partnership. Raising your kids is a partnership. He won't even get up to make breakfast for the kids in the morning. His wife has to do it before he goes to work because... That's a woman's job. And I, I believe me, I shit you not, this is this guy's attitude. And I've even said it to him. I said, what you, you're nuts. I said, if I was your wife, I would have left you a long time ago. And he says, that's just the way it is. That's the way he was raised, and that's the way it's going to be. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But that's the type of thought that has to get thrown out the window at that point. And it's all hands on deck, really, is what it becomes. And it doesn't matter what used to be your job and what used to be her job, because now things have changed. She's doing the work that you used to do, if you want to look at it like that. She's going out of the house, earning a living, and you're sitting home. What is she supposed to do? Go out of the house, earn a living, come home, and then do all the housework? What year are you living in? I don't understand that thought at all. But there comes a point after you've got used to the fact that you're disabled. I mean, you're never going to get 100% used to it. But once you acclimate yourself to the fact that you're disabled, you have to start moving in a direction that's going to kind of try to normalize your life somewhat. You're not going to be a perpetual patient. That it, that just doesn't work. You shouldn't and you can't expect your family and your spouse to be your nursemaid for the rest of your life. I mean, there, there comes a point where you're going to acclimate yourself to your disability. I don't care who you are, and I don't care what the disability is. You're going to acclimate yourself to it, and you're going to be able to function somewhat as long as you, as long as you push yourself to. If you're just going to lay back and say, life is over, then what you should do is just tell your family members or your spouse, do me a favor, call the undertaker and just let them take me away. Because that's all you're doing. You're waiting to die. And no matter what your disability is, no matter if, if you're home, no matter what your disability is, you're not ready to die. Okay? I mean, I know that sounds patronizing, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Too many people just they think that once they're disabled, it's the end of the world. It's not. It's not. You're still a formidable person. And you can't expect your loved ones to just take care of you, to pick up your slack for the rest of your life. You can't expect that. It's not fair. And at the same time, what you have to do is give them a break. You have to give them a break. You can't be one of these people that are a clinging vine that if your spouse, your wife, or your husband decides, you know what, I want to go out with my friends this one time, or I want to go to a concert, and maybe you can't go. Like in my case, there's places I can't go. I know that. I'm in a wheelchair. What good is it going to be for me to go to a concert, honestly, all right? To sit in a wheelchair spot in a concert? No. Or go to an outdoor concert where it's all on grass? Did you ever try to push a wheelchair on grass? <laughs> it's not fun. But my wife wants to go? By all means, go. She deserves a break. Some people feel that if their spouse wants to go somewhere and leave them home, they don't love them anymore. That's nonsense. They need a break. Just the same way before you were hurt, you needed, you needed time away from each other. It's normal. 
That's a normal relationship. You don't be with each other. You're not with each other 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You need that time alone. to have, You have to have you time and me time and whatever time. You can't expect them to be your nursemaid 24-7. They're not your nursemaid. They're your partner. Remember that. And remember, pick up as much slack as you possibly can. The last thing you ever want to do is make your family or your spouse or your friends feel like they're being used as a doormat. Remember, especially with your spouse, your life is a partnership and treat it like it's a partnership. You have to do as much as you possibly can, add as much as you possibly can to that partnership. And if it doesn't conform to gender roles, oh well, what are you going to do? Do as much as you can. And be appreciative of what others do for you. That's important. Show appreciation. Don't expect what people do for you. Don't expect them to do it. Appreciate what they do. That's a big thing. Look, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about other people that are involved with you, such as your children, how your children act, and how different family members act and your friends act with you. And it's important. It's important to have all this, keep all this in mind as you go on. Otherwise, you can become very better yourself because what happens is, you know, everyone's everyone's gung-ho in the beginning when you first get hurt and they 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 mean the best oh they want to help you as much as they can but after a while people get to feel like they're being taken advantage of and not that you are taking advantage of them but you get lost in your own problems and they just you know people shy away you've noticed it i mean everyone that's disabled has noticed that some people just shy away from you some people just can't handle people that are disabled some people don't like to help other people and some people just get tired of helping (laughs) to be honest and for this reason it's very important to be appreciative of what other people do for you all right we're going to leave it here for now but we're going to be discussing this over the next couple of weeks so let's move on all right money who doesn't like money (laughs) Yeah, that's it, huh? Well, whether you got a third-party settlement from an accident or you got back money from Social Security, that money that you receive is not a lottery win. That's got to get through so, so many people's heads. That's not a lottery win. That's money to be put away for your future. You know, people look at you and say, well, you had a third-party lawsuit and you got $100,000, so you're on easy street. Easy Street. They they give away more than that on Let's Make a Deal if you got a rubber band in your pocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that hundred thousand isn't money to play with. I know you've been broke for the longest time since you got hurt. You went through workers' comp and you're living on disability and the money's not the greatest, but you have to learn how to budget your money. Even though you got that lump sum, you can't go out and go wild and crazy with it. It's it's just not it's not that's not what it's for. And if you do go out and go wild and crazy with it, where are you going to be a year down the road? You're going to be broke again, if not sooner. And once word gets out that you've received some sort of settlement, boy, friends and relatives come out of the woodwork. (laughs) You know that. Everybody tells you, oh, remember the time I lent you five bucks or $10 and, or can I borrow this and I promise you I'll pay it back. And they automatically think somehow because you have this money in the bank that 
they deserve to get a loan from you because for some reason they spoke to you when you were hurt, when you didn't have money. It doesn't make sense. Family thinks that they deserve your money. And what they don't realize, they they look at it and say, well, you got a lump sum settlement and you're getting a check every month. But what they don't realize is is that that lump sum settlement is to offset the small monthly payment you get every month. You're not getting you're not getting a full paycheck every month. You're you're getting at best half of what you were making. And if you've been out on disability for any length of time, you're not even up to poverty level after after a while. You know what I mean? So that lump sum settlement that you got that's to, that's to enhance the money that you're getting monthly. It's not meant to be blown in one shot. It's not meant to go out and buy a brand new car, cash down, no no bills. I don't care what any of these money gurus tell you because you'll, you'll be cash poor. You'll be cash poor overnight and back in the same position you were in before you got that, that lump sum settlement. And what good is that? So now you have a brand new car and you have no money to put gas in it or insure it. I knew somebody, that fellow Joe that I was telling you about, he got a nice settlement. Got a nice third party settlement, took the money and went and bought an apartment building. The guy knew nothing about real estate. He bought an apartment building, well, six family, six family house, and he lost his shirt on it. And he was broke. He still is broke today. And he had a claim bankruptcy. And that was within a matter of a year and a half, two years of receiving that money. Your best bet is if you get a large sum of money, talk to somebody that knows. Talk to a money manager. Have your, have your lawyer recommend somebody. It's better to have an expert on your side and help you to put that money to work for you than to just take it and say, I know how to do it. It's my money. I want it. And go out and spend it like a sailor on leave. That's, that's no good. Again, you have to think about your future, your family's future, your kid's future. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be discussing budgets with everything from your monthly income to if you received a third-party settlement or a back money from Social Security. Either which way, we're going to work it out so that you can survive, whether you're just surviving on your monthly payments or you did get a back payment or a lump sum settlement. But it's going to make it easier. And this is from suggestions from people that are actually doing it right now, people that are actually surviving on Social Security. So stay with us over the next couple of weeks, especially with this. And I want to thank you for stopping by today. I really appreciate it. And I want to remind you, no matter what, live life to the fullest. Don't don't think of the disability. Don't think of disability being the end of your life. It's not. Just live to the fullest. Life has an expiration date. Don't push it, okay? Hey, and remember this. Things can always be worse. That's right. Right now, there's somebody somewhere who wishes they were in your position. So things can always be worse, my friend. Thanks again for stopping by today. You've been listening to An Apple a Day. My name is Jimmy Apple. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, my friends. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.